inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. I'm going to Celebration. Oh, you're going to freaking love it. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) I'm a little bit scared. It's 24 days away. And I'm a little teapot. Short I- <laughs> stout. It's only 24 days away? It's only 24 days away. Holy so I'm starting wow. to freak out a little bit. They still haven't released a full schedule. They only just mailed the badge. Like, I got my email notification that my badge was mailing today. Yay! 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 So that will be in my hands soon. Very critical piece of the puzzle. I would say. Yes. <laughs> just a little bit. So... Yeah, but I'm starting to be like, oh, what am I going to pack? What am I going to do? And I went to what Emerald. What are you going to purchase? What oh, are you going to plan to purchase? Oh, my gosh. I Well, so I already bought some artwork because okay. they did, um, you know, they have like the celebration artists and they pick and everyone does like a celebration exclusive piece. And so those were all up for pre-order uh, I think they went up sometime either late February or beginning of March. And so those, and you have to be, you have to go to Celebration to pick them up. So I already pre-ordered two pieces of art. Wow. Prob- yeah. Um. So there's that. But then, yeah, I don't know. There are a couple of pieces that I didn't pre-order that I still kind of want. So... Yeah, I might buy some more art. I'm probably buy a bunch of merchandise that I probably don't need, but I'll probably buy it anyway. Like those Loth Wolves for my kids or something. Those are so cool. <laughs> they're kind of creepy, but they're also really cool. Right. I would, I would really love it if they had the Loth Cats again, because they yeah. had those at Celebration Orlando, and oh, those were freaking adorable. I mean, I wasn't there, but I saw them. Somebody will have some kind of plush Loth Cat yeah. you could buy. And I was thinking about getting a tattoo at Celebration, but I think I'm going to do that in Seattle and not at Celebration. We'll see. You know, I feel compelled to get a tattoo ever since John got his Star Wars tattoo. I know. It's like, you know, I finally got mine. Yeah. (laughs) And it looks good. I got my Jedi symbol. It does. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's healing up nicely. Yeah. Can can you poke it now? Uh, Yeah, you can poke it. Can it, are your dogs still booping it? No. They've oh. grown accustomed. No, they, uh, yeah, they've stopped sniffing at it. And the novelty's worn off. <laughs> <laughs> the scab is healed up. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's like no more, no more smell of raw yeah. flesh. It's, uh, it's just kind of like dry, flaky skin around the area yeah. right now, so it's good. Well, yeah, as as cool as I think it would be to get a tattoo at Celebration, given that I haven't had one before, I've kind of come around to thinking maybe it's not the best idea to go 2,000 miles, no offense, John, and get a tattoo. 2,000? <laughs> um, I've tried 3,500. I know, yeah, you uh, <laughs> went the distance for sure. So, It's a real <laughs> beauty, a Mexican cutie, how it got here, I haven't a clue. <laughs> but... No, I definitely think Star Wars Tattoo is going to be next on my list. So. You know what? I'm going to say you're going to be fine. You have given birth, and that is like the ultimate in any kind of 
uncomfortable pain. Yeah, uh, I got I got a lot of will drugs. never be surpassed. So <laughs> well, a little tattoo is not going to hurt you. That's probably also true. <laughs> well, there's still time. Well, only 24 days. So yeah, I better figure that out. Um. <laughs> what would your tattoo be, though? Ah, uh, yeah. So that's what I've started thinking about, and I think what I've settled on for my first first tattoo. I hear they're addicting anyway. So once they you are. get one, you have to, or you <laughs> want to keep getting more. Um, that uh, I want to get the the rebel starboard. Um, but I actually think I want to do like Sabine's, the rebel Phoenixy. The Phoenix? So not the, I like that too. Yeah. That's nice. So a full color that's, one. Hmm? A full color one, like golden hmm. orange. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if I'm quite that brave, but we'll see. We'll see. But that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yeah. Very cool. I could see that looking very nice. Yeah. So that's my thought. That's kind of the first thing that came into my mind. So I that's like kind it. of what I what I'm thinking. So for my potential tattoo, uh, I'm, I'm torn <laughs> between one of two things. Okay. <clears throat> Either the Rebel logo made up of a bunch of waveforms, just like audio forms, just because nice. uh, okay. this podcast made me a better Star Wars fan, and I think that would be very nice. Or the photo I took with Frank Oz. Boom. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> that would be pretty. That's pretty epic. That is pretty epic. That would be. That is so epic, by the way, that you would you would go to a big old film convention dealy and run into Frank Oz. Not at the convention. No, CVS pharmacy. CVS of all places. I bumped. What did you go in for? All right. So you guys want to hear the quick story? Yeah, Yeah. of course. All All right. So. That's right. I sent you guys the photo, but I don't think I gave too much context. No, right. no, right. no context. So as you guys know, I went to the South by Southwest uh, this, this past week. It was such a fun, 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 fun time. And uh, one of the biggest draws was, hey, Frank Oz is going to have a have a talk here, a session. It's like, hell yeah, let's let's go to let's go see Frank Oz the night before his session. Right. We uh we were out for the night and my colleague and I uh Mitsu M- Mitsu yeah the guy that does our art he uh he mm-hmm. was with me he said hey I gotta stop by a pharmacy uh somewhere to pick up some stuff and I'm like oh yeah I saw I saw CVS not too far from here on Congress Street let's go there okay cool so we walk over to CVS I gotta go pee it's a two story CVS and the bathrooms are upstairs so I go upstairs while he's shopping downstairs. I'm making my way to the bathroom, and I see this dude walk past me. My first gut reaction was, wow, that guy kind of looks like Franco. (laughs) I turn around, I look at him, and I'm just doing this quick back and forth between like, no, what? Yes, maybe, no. You know, just just that that little dance. Earlier before in 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 the festival... I thought I'd walk by Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I think I've been, Yeah, yeah. You yeah, mentioned that. you told that. us about, yeah. At that time, I still didn't know if it was Christopher Lloyd or not. Spoiler alert, alert it wasn't. I found that out. Oh. <laughs> but at that point, I didn't know. I thought I, I was still thinking I missed a chance to meet Christopher Lloyd. I am not going to miss a chance to meet freaking Frank Oz, especially since I know he is going to be in town for this. Right. 
So I start, this is where I get kind of creeper about it, I guess. I kind of just kind of <laughs> follow him. <laughs> and he's at the elevator. And, you know, we're just waiting for the elevator to open. No, doors open. We walk in. Doors close. And we're just kind of standing there. <laughs> he doesn't press a button. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. You wait, were trapped let me in an elevator. You. Ele- you, you, you were trapped in an elevator with freaking Yoda. <laughs> I was in what? an elevator. Was anybody else in this elevator? Nope, just us. Just you and Yoda in an elevator. Just me you and Frank Oz in an elevator. You and Miss Piggy were in an elevator. <laughs> yep. Amazing. You and Grover were hanging out in an elevator. Fozzie Bear. Me and Fozzie Bear, yes. You and Fozzie freaking Bear. <laughs> okay, continue. So, yeah, the door is closed in the elevator, and we're just kind of standing there, and he, he doesn't press a button. So we're like, okay, the elevator's not moving. He goes, oh, and he presses the, the second floor button. Nothing happens. And I tell him, oh, we're already on the second floor. You got to hit one. <laughs> like, all right. So I, I tell Frank Cos to hit the other button. <laughs> he hits it. Doors well, closed. That, that's a great story just stopping right there. You it know, is, this is a moment it? where you're like, I told Frank Oz to do something, and he did it. <laughs> but there's more to this story. At, at this point, I'm thinking, all right, contact initiated. Like, I am speaking right. to him now. I told him which button to press. So, you know, I'm just kind of in the corner of my elevator, all looking all shy. I'm like, so I just ask him. You know, I just say, I hate to ask, sir, but are you Frank Oz? Then the dude gives me the warmest smile ever. Oh. And just says, yes, I am. Nice to meet oh. you. And he gives me his hand. I'm like, oh, my God, I am shaking Frank <laughs> Oz's hand. My heart is going like a billion miles per minute. Just, oh, my God. Hi. Uh, so he asked me, what's your name? He grabs my, my South by Southwest badge, which I'm still wearing. Adrian. They're like, all right, nice to meet you, Adrian. What are you here for? Where are you from? And I'm just having this conversation with Frank Oz. Uh, we somehow ended up on the second floor again while we're conversing. <laughs> and we walk out. <laughs> Right, so I'm just kind of talking with him on the second floor now. It's like the elevator. Uh, the elevator door opens behind us, and Mitsu comes in. I nice! Just, I just see him like, dude, Frank Oz. And he loses <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, the dude's a major fan of the Dark Crystal. Just like he was talking to me afterwards about how influential the Dark Crystal was to him. So we're just here with Frank Oz on the second floor of a CVS in Austin, just kind of talking. He recommends a movie to us, which I mean, I saw. I saw. I saw a movie Frank Oz told me to watch. How many other people can say that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> not me. Not many. Such nope. a beautiful film. And uh, yeah, you know, we're talking, and I ask him for a photo. Doesn't hesitate. Reps, puts his arm around me for the photo. Does the same for Mitsu. Wish him a good evening. Boom. Awesome. That's dude. So cool. That is killer. That That's, is killer. The story makes, like, the photo was awesome, and it was super cool to see that photo of you, but, like, the story just makes it a thousand times better. Like, it's so cool that you got in an elevator with Frank Oz, and they got Not to talk only to that, him. Yeah. He turned out to be a really, really cool nice, dude. Yeah. So cool. So freaking cool. And then the next day at his actual session, even cooler. Like, that is one of the coolest uh, uh, keynotes I've ever been to. Just Frank Oz saying it how it is and like you guys saw the articles coming out of south by southwest frank oz doesn't you know think fancy expectations matter the last jedi is a good film you know i yeah. saw him say that i saw where those articles came from 
and it's like this whole different level. Like you're there with the emotion, you're there with him, and it's oh my god, it was such a such a special span of twelve hours. I, I want to say <laughs> from when I met him to that uh to that session. That's so cool, dude. L- dude lived is, uh, a bucket list item right there. Checked it off. Oh, without a doubt, without awesome. a doubt. Never thought I would get the I chance mean, to meet the man. You are you have been in the presence of Master Yoda. And as a, a ordained Jedi Knight, uh, I I definitely feel the power of that situation. <laughs> he recognized the, the the Rebel logo on my cap. Oh, I bet. Didn't say anything about it, but he was looking at it. So nice. yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun, special, really really cool. I would no, never actually amazing. get that tattooed, but. I just wanted to talk about Frank Oz. <laughs> right. No, yeah, no. Any excuse to talk about Frank Oz. I might get no, that, that tattoo. Sounds, that sounds incredible, and that's so cool. I who mean, are the two guys in the picture of your tattoo, John? Oh, that's my friend Adrian, who I've never actually met, and Frank Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell I you the story. I'd put yeah. some I put some money in your tattoo fund for that, John. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've got several tattoos now, and why stop? <laughs> Dude, if you put me and Frank Oz on your back, props. <laughs> Major props. I don't know if I'd go back tattoo. That's got to be something I need to be able to see. A uh, chest tattoo? Uh, maybe. Fortini! <laughs> <laughs> Twin Sons Trading Company presents another Anchor Head Auction this weekend! We got Dubaks, Droids, Landspeeders, Banthas, Blasters, 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 Double Detonators, T16s, T17s, T18s, and Droids, Droids, Droids! You want R2 units, you want R3 units, R4, R5, we even got Gonk Droids, you know? Gonk Droids! The Droids that go Gonk, Gonk, Gonk. Twin Sons Trading Company, another Anchor Head Auction this weekend! Imperial credits only. Do not leave lightsabers unattended. Ugnots not allowed. Yeah. So we got we got another uh, top ten. Let's uh, a force fan top ten. Woohoo! This one, uh, since you know we thought, hey, Star Wars Resistance just finished its first season. What better, uh, what better way to make a big comeback than with a force fan top ten list for Star Wars Resistance season one? Right. Woo woo! Yeah. Finale was really exciting. I actually have to confess, I still haven't seen it on the big screen, and I really need to like get there and do that. How'd you watch it? I watched it on my phone. I'm part of a resistance watch group on Twitter and we all get together and watch it. Um, Someone hosts it um, and we, you know, watch it online that way. Um, And so I really want to see the dog fight on the big screen. Still haven't done that yet. Dog fight was pretty cool. It was. Yeah. Even in the small screen. But I need to see it big. <laughs> yeah, you do. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, before we get into the list, though, overall thoughts on this first uh, first season of well, the Disney era second show. Hmm. The, sec- Sorry, the, the second show to come out of the Disney era. Yes. Um. So I we were you know we were talking about this a little bit, but uh, before we started recording. But, you know, the show has taken a little while to grow on me. Um, but I put the caveat on that is that I, I 
was able to binge Clone Wars and Rebels, so it's a little bit different. So the show has definitely grown on me as the season has progressed. You know, I've come to really like a lot of the characters. I'm interested um, in several of the story arcs, where are they going, um, which we'll get into a little bit more later. Um, I do think, so initially it seemed like the humor was very, you know, kind of focused on how klutzy Kaz was, <laughs> and I, I, I feel, and you guys may disagree, I feel like that did smooth out as the season. Like, it, it pops up, and there's still, like, those kind of humorous, comedic moments. But I do feel that Kaz has evolved and grown a bit, especially, maybe not as a spy, because he still kind of sucks as a spy, but um, just in terms of being a leader and kind of owning his place in the resistance and standing up for what he believes in. And so I thought that, especially over the nice, uh, huh, especially over the last few episodes, um, showed some nice growth. Yeah, and I think I think some of the criticism that I've seen about the program has centered around Kaz being kind of a cross between farm boy Luke and ace pilot Luke and Jar Jar Binks. Those are like <laughs> some of some uh, of the comparisons, okay. mm. and and I think that's probably a fair. A fair slice of the pie there, you know. He's he's got the 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 farm boy innocence at times, and is mm. gullible, and 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 at other times he's the ace pilot, and and sometimes he's just straight up goofball, like Jar Jar. So I think that's a fair criticism of of his character, but he's also um, incredibly loyal, and yes. um, um, maybe not the best spy. And I'm, you know, confused as to why he's even on this mission at times. Um, yeah, but I can um, see that. but he has grown on me tremendously. You know, mm-hmm. in part because of his innocence, but also in part because of his bravery. He's a very yes. brave character, um, and very very loyal to his friends. Um, so I mean I I have seen some growth in him and and have enjoyed his character quite a bit. Um I mean always keep in mind when you're watching a Disney Channel animated Star Wars it's going to be slanted a lot toward the kids, but they don't dumb it down. There's some very adult moments in this program as well. For sure. Which which I totally love. And and so I, I mean oh sorry, go ahead. I I'm, I was just going to finish by saying, you know, I I'm really it's the show is growing on me. I mean, I'm I'm one of these guys. I'll I'll admit I'm a Star Wars slappy and I'll like pretty much any Star Wars you you hand over to me. I'll consume it and I'll find a way to love it, you know. Mm-hmm. But but this series was a little tough at first cuz number one, I don't care for the animation of the faces. I still don't like that. Um and it and it just felt kind of awkward coming in, but as it's it's growing and it's and it's adding more and more adult themes to it, I'm appreciating it more and more. And I'm it's it has grown on me tremendously, especially the last half of season one. Yes, the back has half really of- yeah really really changed the whole momentum of the show when the first order show up and take over and start imposing their will. 
then it got interesting. Yeah, and I I feel like maybe some of the unevenness in the beginning, you know, Kaz is, is sent there on a mission that kind of doesn't actually need to happen. Like, he's there to spy and look for a spy, but, like, there's really no spy to find. You know, they could have just sent Kaz there because it's an outpost that the First Order, you know, he still could have been a spy, I guess, in the sense, but some of the antics, I guess, made the first half a little uneven, I think. That's a very fair... uh... I don't want to say criticism, but, observation. That's a fair observation. Yeah. Yeah. A, so, a lot of the stuff in that first half, I don't think really paid off in the later half. There's a few no, There's a I, few character moments for sure that led mm-hmm. to stuff in that second half of the season to be much better. But overall, there's a little wheel turning for me, which kept me from, like John said, loving the show. But I totally still enjoy it. There's plenty to love in this, in this series. For any Star Wars fan, I think if you're well, and plus you know the when the when the first order showed up, the the whole idea of the show went from oh, isn't it cute? It's NASCAR and Star Wars to all right, we are seeing the beginning of the Resistance, and we're 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 finding out you know the moment that the first order becomes the first order and the effect it has on the entire galaxy and the repercussions from that. And that was cool. Well, and also seeing how the First Order and the Empire are viewed by people outside of the Resistance or the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, Tam, who I know we're going to talk about later. But, you know, I think a lot of what her character brings up is that, you know, maybe the rest of the galaxy doesn't actually think that the Empire or the First Order were so bad because they could go about their daily lives and it was, you know, mostly okay. So, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting to see that point of view as well. That's probably the biggest, one of the biggest things on this show is, in a past podcast, uh, we mentioned how we've only seen about a week or so of the sequel trilogy era. Yeah. So... What this show has a lot us to do is witness more of that era. And like you're yes. saying, just seeing the the viewpoints of, you know, what people think of, thought of the Empire back in the day and what they mm-hmm. think about the First Order, which they don't really seem to take it seriously from, you know, what I saw, right? Just like, oh, it's the First Order. They're just kind of doing their thing. It's like they're a, you know, paramilitary police force or something. They're fine. They're just, you know, helping out, making yeah, sure things I mean, stay orderly. Security, you know, bringing security to to us until it turns around and then becomes like, no, they're actually, you know, rounding exactly. up people who disagree it's that with them. Viewpoint that I love because it enhances the the, the films, the, the sequel trilogy films, so much more in that we get to see why the first order was allowed to grow as big as it did. Just this well, indifference I, from everyone, just like mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. They were allowed to grow in the shadow because no one mm-hmm. took them seriously until it was too mm-hmm. freaking late, which is and, beautiful. Yes, and I would say that, you know, as much as people don't want to drag real life and politics into Star Wars, <laughs> that no, just bear with me. I'm not, I'm not going to get political, but that, you know, this... 
these type of shows, you know, they do reflect, you know, things that happen in the real world, things that have happened before, things that may be happening now, you know, and so, you know, kind of the genre just allows for that. And so, you know, it's just interesting. It's a type of it reflected in a children's show. Nonetheless, it's a type of show that if you open yourself to it and internalize what it's saying, you can learn quite a bit from it. Kid or adult. Yes. Yes, for sure. So well said. Yep. Again, so there's some issues with it for me, but it is definitely growing on me and I'm very much looking forward to uh, season two. I want to see where it goes. Yep. As we've seen Same. in the past, these shows really start kicking it into like this into into uh, uh, 11th gear in the yeah. second half of the second season. I just <laughs> I had to I had to I was amused, you know, at it at the end of spoiler at the end of the finale when they get the you know the coordinates that they get from Leia are Ugh. revealed to be Takar, and you're like, no, no, don't go to Takar, no, don't no. go to Takar, no, turn around, you know, and then Nico comes out bounding out, and he's like, oh, I didn't have time, so who knows where we're going? But it's, it's kind of a funny, um, humorous way to make it so that they don't meet up with the resistance too early, because I'm fairly convinced <laughs> that we're headed toward them meeting up with the resistance, but we can't get there yet because episode nine has I would out. bet money that the second half, or the first half of the second season, I should say. Will be them getting to the resistance? Some sort of tie into Ep9 something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would make sense. That would make too. sense, right? My my bold, bold, it's not really a bold prediction. My prediction based on what I've seen is that they'll spend the first half of the season, a.k.a. before episode nine, trying to make their way back from wherever they end up, and then they will get Leia's call from Crate. And after mm-hmm. episode nine, we will see them intersect with the Resistance. Or Sounds something. good to me. Yeah. So... Or maybe right before. Which opens it up to some film character cameos. Intriguing pos- Okay, I do have to say, so Christopher Sean, who voices Kaz, I think has done a really fantastic job, especially in the last few episodes, really balancing both the humor uh, and comedy and then the emotional, you know, kind of serious emotional shifts that he undergoes in those few episodes. And I think he's really done a wonderful job. Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing him on screen as Kaz either. So throwing it out there into the universe. Well, plenty to look forward to and plenty to speculate on until we actually get there. But as about we dive into the into the list here. See what Let's uh, do it. See what the people on the interwebs think about or see what they love about season 1 and then see what we particularly uh, liked about the first season. Yes. Let's go. All right, so first pick coming from Ali on Twitter. And I think this is a moment that a lot of us really resonated with, just because, obviously, uh, the destruction of Hosnian Prime and Kaz's immediate reaction to it. Dagger yeah, def- in the heart. definitely a highlight for me of the whole the whole series. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought it was really done well. I, have you seen the uh, somebody's done a split? Yes, of 
the Force Awakens speech with the speech. Yes, yeah. From Resistance, and it just, it's cool. It's so well done. Um, and then the reaction for Kaz, which which really was split in both parts of the final uh, the final episode, part one and part two. Um, you get his immediate reaction and then a little the bit lingering aftermath. reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really well done. So speaking to what you said, Adrian, about, you know, uh, the voice actor uh, really, really digging into those emotional moments. Uh, that was absolutely one of the, the spotlights of the whole series for me. I totally agree. I mean, those we all kind of knew that that was going to be coming, but to see it played out on screen like that, I thought, you know, from another perspective, was really well done. Um, plus, they added, I'm not sure if it was actually the music from the soundtrack, but very similar there sounding. There was a cue from it. Yeah. So, like, that really kind of ramped up the the emotional vibe. That tragic and, tone that's just kind of oh, flying along with the laser. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that was definitely a, an emotional highlight from the first series, for, first season, for sure. Plus, you know, uh, funky face animation aside, I, I was just really happy to see Hux. Uh show up <laughs> that, that, was, that was cool for me and them using using the audio that was the audio from the film mm-hmm. right yeah that's yeah that's cool that is so cool yeah so Agreed. yeah it's definitely a strong way to start a start this list <laughs> yes uh coming in after that uh torah and kaz basically any adventures uh with them any episode adventures with them featuring them which I can totally get behind. Tora is one of the few side characters that actually kind of grew on me. She's just like got this fun, spunky personality that I that I dig. I think Tora and Kaz are really cute together, and not in like a shippery way, but just like their relationship is very yeah. cute. Um, I think they play well off of each other, um, and they have a lot of fun yeah their their adventures are a lot of fun um i particularly liked i guess it was in the the first part of the finale when they are surprised by the first order trooper and kaz manages to get the gun but then he's pointing it the wrong way and torah is the one that's pointing it out and then you know he manages to stun the the trooper and torah's like okay that was almost you know, almost good. And he's, you know, Kaz almost. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, they're more, they're more uh, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn to me than like a romantic. <laughs> That's okay. a really good comparison, John. I like that. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of like, they're both scamps. They're both scamps. They're both kind of kids, you know, at this point. And, yes. And I think, um, I think they're very char- playful. Yeah. I think their characters also have a lot in common in the sense that both of them definitely grew up in a more privileged environment. Kaz's father being a senator, Mm. uh, Tora's father being, you know, the commander of the Colossus. And and you see that in play out in various episodes, um, you know, Tora kind of getting more exposed to when people are grumbling about what's going on on the platform. And, you know, same with Kaz kind of. And so I, they're, not quite the same, but they have some very similar um, characteristics. Um, and so, 
but they they just have they're a lot of fun together when they're on screen. And I also like that Torah um through Torah that we kind of see because she is a little bit younger, we kind of also get to see, you know, what kids, quote unquote, at least the privileged kids get to do in the Star Wars universe. They have video games, they have pets, you know. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> she gets yeah. to fly a really cool ship. Uh <laughs> she's got a really cool Robotech looking space flight suit. Yes, yeah. So so I like them. I think they're I think they're cute. And I like them going on adventures together. Absolutely, they they uh they got great uh, on screen chemistry, and yeah, not mm-hmm. not in a romantic type. It's just it's just fun to watch them just kind of bounce off each other, basically. Yes, and somehow still getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> so this next one comes from. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered the pronunciation. Yokum uh, on Instagram. Would and, that be Joaquin? No. Uh, no. I think it's German. Oh, okay. Yakim. Yakim. Maybe. Welcome. I'm sorry. Um, We're all sorry. We're sorry. Thank you for for sharing. Um, The moment Elia mentions uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah. The Kylo Ren name drop. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Um, Mainly because I think it kind of, it's the first hint of in the series of anything. Uh, or anyone being force sensitive, which it kind of seems like she might be because she is having these dreams and stuff. So it would she's, been- she's one of the little uh, scavenger little kids in yes. the bottom of the Colossus that are obviously very, very um, drawn from Wily Kit and Wily Cat from the Thundercats. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Basically, yeah, that's that's who they are. Um yeah, they uh, they serve as a reminder, again, to the point we made earlier, that the First Order is out there, and they are doing stuff. They're not just messing around. And yeah. not good stuff. Not good stuff. Mean, mean person stuff. Bad stuff. Sprinkles, sprinkles of the big... Like, it's sprinkling right now, and it's hinting at the bigger storm that's about to, about to arrive. Yeah. yeah. Again, just a lot of the little stuff that's sprinkled throughout the, ser- the season that I really, really uh, appreciated... And yeah, I'm not. I'll admit it. I got I got chills when she said Kylo Ren. I was like, ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh, and then they're, they're gonna tell Leia, ooh, yeah. Oh no, that's a it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's so cool. It's just again, we because we know how things gonna sort of play mm-hmm. out from there on out. It's just this build up towards tragedy in a kid show. Supposedly, quote unquote, kid show. <laughs> and um, yeah, so to bounce off of that, our next uh, pick is uh, learning more about Starkiller Base. Yes, yeah. It was cool to see visually um, a little bit more of what happened. I mean, even going back all the way to the Ahsoka novel, where it that's kind of lays the hints for star killer base um eventually happening um it's definitely cool to visual visually be able to see some of that um yes I'm trying to remember all oh, right she sees ahsoka she sees a planet 
right? In the well, distance? she goes. She goes. She, she go, it's it's Ilum is the planet. Is which it Ilum? We see, yes. Uh, which we actually also see in the Clone Wars because that's where the Kyber crystals come from. Oh. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't read the Ahsoka novel. <laughs> um, it is strongly hinted at based on some kind of um, intermediate uh Ch- you know, not chapters, but ugh, what do I want to call it? You know, kind of like in between vignettes. Um, segments, vignettes. Yes, thank you. Uh, some vignettes that are interspersed throughout the 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 novel. It is highly uh, suggested that Ilum is the planet that eventually becomes Starkiller Base. Wow, that's mind-blowing to me. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yes. I so, remember reading that section in the novel when I read it. I wasn't sure if it was Ilum or not, but I, I, I like I, that it's hinted that Starkiller Base yes. is Ilum. That's, yeah. that's, wow. that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. I'm gonna is need a moment to process that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I agree. Um, it's cool to see some of the the in between from the Star Killer base plan to actually its final form. <laughs> its final form. <laughs> final form, like a Pokemon or something. It's final form, Starling. <laughs> I don't even know what Pokemon are. There's uh, a there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, that Disney the Disney era stuff has been doing just bridging all the different mm-hmm. eras uh, together like that. Yes, just little yeah. little connective threads, little tissues here and there. Little just, tissues there, here and there. Yeah, just to uh, to really build up the the universe more. It, I'm starting to watch Star Wars like I watch some Marvel movies. I'm I'm realizing. Just mm-hmm. I'm looking start- for those little hints. I'm looking for connections now. I never used to watch mm. Star Wars that way. Yeah, there's all kinds of neat little connections that uh, they just kind of throw in on the side, too. Uh, like, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched the very final episode. Did you notice in the very, very last shot when they've got all the characters together? There's a Gamorrean. There's a Gamorrean guard, but not with the guard uniform on. Oh, yeah, he's one of the pirates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm oh, like, I don't oh, know if I noticed that. That was a cool little Easter egg. He He's was, all uh, green and and piggy looking, and nice. he you was know? celebrating at the end once once they escaped. Yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah or whatever the noise yeah. he's gonna make. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. That's a good one. There. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's this era of new Star Wars content is evolving the way I engage with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's freaking cool because it means that everything is, it means it's uh, maturing, it's changing, it's not just staying what it is. Same. Yeah. For things to keep on living, to keep on going, they got to change, they got to adapt. And all all the connective tissue like like that is part of part of it, and I think it's wonderful so far. I'm having a blast, uh, building putting the puzzle together, so to speak. Yes, indeed. If I had time, I would read all the novels and comics too. <laughs> I know there's stuff I'm missing, but not everybody can read as fast as you can. What can I say? It's a gift. 
<laughs> so next up on the list, and this was a common one. Uh, everybody loves Niku. I love Niku. That's right. I love I Niku pre- too. Luca, my grandson, loves Niku. He's I love just Niku. so sweet and earnest. And yeah, if you don't love Niku, you have no heart. Um, He's kind of like the Drax the Destroyer of this. Just takes everything literally to the point where it's like, oh, you're just silly. You know? <laughs> he is a lot like Drax. That's, huh. I guess every ensemble needs that character now. That's, is, that, is that a thing? I don't know if it's a thing, but I just, I think, I love that he's always happy. You know, there are some people who are just blessed with the ability to always be optimistic and positive. And even, even when he's not quite sure about something, I think my favorite Niku moment is when it's not in the finale, or maybe, what was it in the first part of the finale? Shoot, I can't remember now. But they're... They're going to, you know, their Kaz's plan is that they're going to flood the Colossus, sink it. And Niku at some point, I think his line is like, or his line to Kaz is like, oh, maybe, or maybe this is just a crazy plan that's just crazy or something like that. And it's just, but he goes along with it. But it's like, I don't know, that line just cracked me up. He He always has, you know, some humorous line. Totally. Like I, I happen to have called up his Wikipedia page, and the quote they have from him was, "I once had a pet named Lucy that reminded me of home, and then it died, and then I ate it. Yeah, it was supremely yeah. delicious. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like that is so Niku. Yes, and I, I like how in a, these last couple of episodes that even though he is hurt that Kaz was not telling him the truth in the beginning, he very quickly, you know, realizes that Kaz, you know, is trying to do something for the greater good, is trying to be a good person, is trying to help people. And so he just, he follows Kaz because he knows that even though he still has has some hurt. Um, so, Yeah. They're buddies now, you guys. They're buddies. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I gotta say, Niku's very hit and miss with me as far as the comedy goes, but I absolutely lost it when he's knocking out the stormtrooper they have captured. I forget in which episode. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Was was it the one where he was like, oh, uh, was I think it was the first half of the finale. Is that the one where he's like, it's not... Not so easy or something. He's got the wrench or whatever it yeah. is. Can't keep knocking these guys out or something. But I, I did love that that gag with the stormtrooper. That that made me laugh a few times. Yes. But yeah, that whole bit with the the stormtrooper was great. Oh, and the blowfish one to blowfish two or yes. whatever. That, that made, right. <laughs> blowfish. <Yeah. laughs> that uh that gave me a good chuckle. Uh, not gonna lie. Very <laughs> chuckle worthy. Um, so talking about characters that we like, let's talk about Tam, who was another choice from the interwebs. Yes, yes. Yeah. Tam. So I fell in love with Tam. Hold, hold from on, the hold very on. Be- oh, 
Wait, hold on, before we get into that. Surprised okay. or not surprised? I not surprised. John? Um, I am surprised in that I didn't wait, 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 think wait, 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 I didn't no <laughs> in that I didn't think uh, a Disney show would actually do that, you know? Okay. And Kat? I was I was not surprised. Um thinking about it and kind of t- do you want me to elaborate? Please, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We're elaborating. Um, I was (laughs) was not surprised because thinking about, I didn't want her to make that choice, but thinking about where she is mentally and how hurt she was feeling, especially um, the revelation about Yeager and, you know, someone who it seems like has been a father figure for her. You know, they were very close. She's obviously worked for him for a long time. They have a much deeper relationship than um, Kaz coming in for whatever, six months or something, bumping around. And so as much as I hated that she made that decision, I felt it was very in character for her, especially given some of the viewpoints that we heard from her earlier in the season and kind of knowing her stance, uh, particularly about the Empire and the First Order. And so I felt like at the moment that it was a very in-character, appropriate decision. And I'm sorry. And <laughs> it's okay, Kat, it's like, okay. It's what, that was like trying to... Berber yawn or something. Don't worry, um, don't worry it's okay. It'll be she, fine. <laughs> I think it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities for season two to see maybe some of the first order from Tam's perspective. I don't anticipate that we would get like a split, but I think it could be something like what we saw in Rebels with Callus is that maybe we get one or two either episodes or, you know, cutaways where we get to see Tam experiencing the First Order and maybe realizing, oh, this was not... Or maybe she'll go full bore, but I am hoping that optimistically she will come back to the Resistance and come back to Yeager and Kaz. Honestly, the whole time I was yelling, well, not yelling, but like mentally yelling, Someone just tell her that they blew up the freaking Hosnian system. Come on. Can we I mean, just talk? Yeah, no doubt. Like, come Hello. on. You want to get her back? Hey, they just caused mass blew up genocide. The they blew up, like, yeah. what, a whole system and, like, the surrounding moons or planetoids around it? I mean, yeah, billions yeah. just died, lady. Come on. The whole yeah. Hosnian system. <sighs> yeah. Someone God. yell that out, for the love of God. Well, and what makes it even more hilarious, can I just say, is like that whole scene I had to chuckle about because, you know, they're escorting Tam onto the ship. The Colossus is starting to rise. They've got the hyperdrive. And then you've got like Kaz and Tora like on a balcony and they're just like yelling at her. (laughs) I don't know. The whole setup was just very amusing. That was wonky. It was wonky. Well, I I didn't actually mind it. I just thought it was hilarious um because like, like why like, didn't the stormtroopers just kind of stun them you know there's a lot of like come on like, uh, it, it was, was like it was a lot of that force they drama. say they are oh you mean like genocidal maniacs <laughs> there's Hello? a lot of that 
And, you know, I mean, I, I feel like that's going to play into it next season. Maybe they're somehow going to keep Tam from knowing that they're genocidal maniacs as she's training to be a pilot. That's, that's what they kind of hinted at, right? That she's yes, going to fly yeah. for them. Oh, maybe she'll be the new Red, Red Baron. Baron. Yeah, I, th- I thought about that too. I don't know, man. Just again, once she finds out that they're genocidal maniacs, she's not a bad person. She has a good heart. No, she no, not at all. She's not gonna stand for that. So my thinking is, we're gonna see her arrive at whichever base or star destroyer they they take her to, and then when she realizes immediately how bad they are, they're just gonna put her in a cell. They're gonna hold her captive. That's the only logical. Yeah thing i can see playing playing out but i've been surprised before is that is that a fair fair assessment just based on the way that they played out the finale yeah no i mean i could definitely see something like that happen well i can i can see her definitely being um I, I, seduced by uh that um that first order lady uh her name escapes me tyranny Tyranny, yeah. I can see tyranny getting... Yeah, not subtle. Um, That's about as subtle as City is. Right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they... (laughs) Grievous. Right. Tyranny, tyranny, yeah. Spelled differently, but... Right, um, Star Wars spelling, yes. But yeah. Which is another cool character they introduced late into the the game that really... I mean... She and Pyre... Yeah, they're serious. Like they're, yeah, they're smart. They've got they've got a nice little collection of bad guys Mm -hmm. in this. That there is a lot of room to explore, and I think that Tyranny herself, um, really kind of working the mind game. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, on on Tam, um, really could change things, and really, I mean, because she came out of the gates working tam and um like here sit down do you want a malted milk or whatever it was you know here eat Um, some good here have a steak yeah yeah right yeah totally was that the first time we ever saw like someone use utensils in the star wars universe because good question No, Attack of the Clones, the floating pear thing. oh that's right okay right there's that and before did Yoda use a spoon to stir something? Yeah, I guess Yoda he had, had a... wooden utensils. Luke in his had a spoon. Yeah, little wooden utensils. Okay, right? never mind. Well, okay, I've seen it a few times. It's a very interesting kind of forky looking thing. Anyway, it was right. a Star anyway, Wars fork. Um, <laughs> I think I I think I can see I can see that going either way. I can see, uh, yeah, I probably eventually her coming to the good side, but. It would be interesting for her to stay on the bad side as well. You know? I, I'm excited to see where that character's going to go. Um, and that was a character I was starting to lose interest in. She was starting to get lost for me. Tam. Tam. Um, like, they weren't doing a whole lot with her and stuff. No, they But weren't. now that she's gone with them, she becomes a million times more interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not doing much with her kind of attitude. Is it fair to say that she's a bit naive about things? Yeah. 
I I don't and know she, if I, uh, she's just she, a she's grumpy confident. little gus. She's that, confident in herself, but she's also she's naive. confident in herself, and she's grumpy, and she questions everything and all that stuff. You know, especially See, I, with Kaz being the goofball he is. She didn't really. What are you? you know, why you're holding that wrong? You know all that stuff. You know. Well, I mean, just like, I think eh, she's a grumpy little character, but now. I, <laughs> She takes the grumpiness, and if she gets freaking brainwashed by the First Order and comes back, she could get real nasty. Oh, my God. I can see what that they, happening. What did they condition her? Yeah. Ooh. Go, Kat, see, go. I mean, I think that Tam's feelings are very legitimate. I mean, here, you know, Kaz comes in. He's a spaz. He has yeah. obviously no engineering um, experience or very little engineering right. experience. So I think her grumpiness towards Kaz is totally justified because- I'm not saying hears, it's not. Yeah. No, what, what but, I'm getting at, though, in particular is the First Order is obviously- like oppressing everyone on the on the colossal. Like, come on. She keeps on defending them or trying to be open minded about them, but they're obviously bad news. Well, yes. And I think part of that is because, you know, as it's revealed that like her grandfather I think it, she said her grandfather, right? Her grandfather worked in an imperial factory. Um and it's clear that she is maybe, yeah, naive in a different way than Kaz and Tora are. She she comes from the other side where like, oh, the Empire isn't so bad. The Empire had stability. People had jobs. Right. You know, there wasn't conflict because the Empire was in control. You know, the First Order's just trying to to make the galaxy a better place. And so there, there could definitely be some willful... Um, you know, ignorance about about what's actually going on because she doesn't want to see that. I can appreciate um, that. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a good uh, POV on it. I, I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about it that way. So, but I mean, I I think that kind of I don't think she's naturally like I don't agree with John that she's like the grumpy character. I think oh, she, she totally I think is she, though. I think Rewatch she has a it. reason to feel that way. No, without but, a doubt, she's got reasons, but she's middle, the grumpy character. Middle ground. She gets grumpy, but she has plenty reason to be grumpy. I don't blame her Absolutely. for being grumpy. Absolutely. She's not grumpy just for the sake but of being But she's grumpy. also not grumpy all the time. She's very caring. She's like, you know what, I'm going to help these kids out because, I mean, they're kids. She's she She steps up when she needs to. Straight up. And she's the cynic, and she, she sees through <laughs> a lot of the BS, you know? She could tell something was up with Kaz. Oh, totally, you know? yeah. Her radar was working fine, um, and, and I think she's also very susceptible to, um, to mind control. I think she's easily pliable. Um, because she wants to believe, Because right? she wa- she's so she, trusting, and yeah. she wants to believe- but she can't always let herself believe. But if if you give if you push her, she'll believe it. Do you guys think things would have played out differently had she been in on it the whole time? Yes. Yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. You don't yeah. think, think she would have been against it and just said something the first opportunity she no. had? No, well, I don't think so. Okay. I will say that she might not have been happy with it. Right. And she but she prob- wouldn't have she wouldn't have had that betrayal that I'm so yes. betrayed by yes. you moment. Yes. 
And I think because if she hadn't had that moment, I don't think she would have been as tempted to go with the first order. Like she might have stayed. And I think it's because she felt so hurt. And again, like we were just talking about, because she wants to believe that the first order is a, is a good organization trying to bring peace and stability to the galaxy. That that's why she makes her choice. And so she, you know, if 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 Yeager had taken her aside and been like, okay, Kaz is here to do something else, you know, we're keeping it on the down low, maybe not even spelled it out, but if she had at least been included, she might not have felt the need to literally jump ship at the end of the season. Yeah, and literally. Go, literally. <laughs> and go, wow, and go to the first order. Yeah. That, that is, uh, how did that not even like, that didn't register at all. My, yeah, not at all. <laughs> she literally, literally jumped, jumped ship. ship from one ship <laughs> to the next. Wow. Well, thank push. you for saying that. Happy we'll to help. Um, just curious, where does she rank in y'all's uh, resistance characters list? Oh, uh, I would say below. Um, uh, I don't even know who my below Yeager, but above the pirate chick. What was her name? Sonara. 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 Yeah, above Sonara. Gosh, John. <laughs> but below Yeager, I'm really starting to like Yeager as the the old grizzled Obi Wan Kenobi character. You know, I the, really... I've been there, I've yeah. done that. Let me teach you a thing or two. You don't know anything. Character. Be I re- careful. Yeah. I really like Tam. I I don't even know if I really have a definitive ranking of resistance yeah, I didn't, characters until that very yet. Second either. Yeah, no, you didn't have to. It just occurred to me right now to ask. So I, I, I was pretty indifferent about the character for a while, but as too. as we're going along this list and hearing your guys' input, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Or you guys are making resistance better for me as we're going. And certain characters are starting to pop out at me more now, and I'm just, I was just curious. Oh, we're not we're not making it better for you. The writers have made it better for you because they've made it better for us. I think I would put. I mean, Tam is definitely in my top ten, maybe my top five. But well, I no, don't. There's only ten characters. I, well, so yeah, yeah, I was like, well. This is a real choice. Maybe in the top. I mean, I've liked Tam since the beginning. Um, I like her kind of no nonsense personality. Um, you know, she's definitely like the student in the class that is like, oh, just let me do it. Um, yeah, you know? <laughs> I, here I'll I'll get us all in I'll, a. Just yeah. let me do it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like I have a little bit of that as well. So, like, if I just you do might. this, it'll be fine. Just let me do it. Um. So, so I kind of like that too. It's a good I've, thing she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> I've liked <laughs> I've liked her since the beginning. Um, so she's definitely up there. But I really find, especially in these final few episodes, as more of her beliefs have come to light, that she really is an interesting um, opportunity within the the plot and the world to right. explore. So, yeah. Not very eloquent, but that's all that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious to see what they do with her, obviously, in season two. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for her for the time being for now. For now. For now. Cool. So now uh how's about our topics to start running out this yeah. list? Yeah. Yeah. Who should uh who wants to go first? Go ahead and go first, Adrian. Yeah. Any episode with Poe, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are always not wrong. Fun episodes. Yeah. And uh in particular, the core problem was my favorite episode this this season and it just ties back into the whole thing about learning more about circular base and seeing the breadcrumbs of what this first order is doing and eventually becoming that was and the such whole dog a fight cool in the gravity episode. well thing the gravity too was well cool. uh, sequence that was, was awesome. fantastic yeah, yeah. that uh it. that gunfight with that probe droid from hell was so yeah. cool yeah yeah, that was a solid episode. Really solid and, episode. And made more solid because Poe was in it. I totally agree. I enjoyed all the episodes that had Poe in them, especially because it kind of tied it back to mm-hmm. what we know is happening from the movies, especially as they got inching closer and closer to The Force Awakens. You gotta be like, oh, now Poe and BB-8 are on Jakku, and <laughs> Poe's <laughs> meeting Finn, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, but yes, I agree, Adrian. All the all the episodes with Poe, but especially the later ones, um, the corp- were really excellent. It's a lot of fun to have Oscar Isaac actually voicing Poe. Right, that adds so much Absolutely. to it. And you the can dude tell is so charismatic, that, it even bleeds into yes, his voice acting. Yes. It's like, oh I mean, my God. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that you can tell he's having fun. Fun, yeah. Took the plus, words right out of my mouth. Plus, Poe and BB-8 in any medium are freaking adorable. Oh my so gosh, every yeah. time they come back together, it's just the cutest thing ever. It's it's like Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, yeah. He's even <laughs> orange and white. Um, I know! That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I just love it. That's a great choice, Adrian. And that's and that, also the that point. That episode in particular was fantastic. Yeah, that, that episode in particular is also the point uh, where we get basically to The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the beginning yeah. of the end, so to speak. Or the beginning yep. of the beginning. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. You you know what's coming in your life. You like, know what's ah. coming. It's like, hey, I'm here to pick up BB-8. We got a mission on Jakku. Looks at the camera and winks. Like, oh! Don't go to Jakku. Nothing good ever happens Why does everybody want to go back to that Jakku there? Yeah. So that that was fun. Uh, It was fun in a fan service-y kind of way, but it was also fun in its own, by its own merit, by its own. It stands good on its own. Yeah. Best episode, in my opinion, of the whole season i would be inclined to agree if it weren't for the finale (laughs) which is pretty darn good finale is pretty cool yeah but also a very good one my favorite um my favorite moment uh, i think though of the entire series is that that first race that we get to see you know, flying through the hoops, literally flying through hoops. Yeah. Um, the video game it sequence. Really, it, yeah, <laughs> it really, it really set up 
a whole side of Star Wars that we knew existed. I mean, since pod racing and all that stuff and stories about Han Solo racing and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of things like that. And it let us see a different segment of that and what the, what the ace pilots were capable of and the different ships they had and all the modifications. And that first race was just so exciting and it was so thrilling. And it was like, all right, if the, if NASCAR was like this, I would watch NASCAR. <laughs> it was cool and it was. Uh, sometimes it's hard to translate races in film for me and get me excited you know i don't get too excited about a lot of race stuff name an example a, of one you liked or what's a what's, uh, what's a good cinematic of one race I, of one i did well i mean the pod race i like the pod race uh-huh. that's fun uh but like I never got into like like race movies. Like uh what was that Tom Cruise one? Uh where he was in the NASCAR race. Oh. Days of Thunder. Never really got into mm. that. Never I mean the the race parts of of Ricky Bobby. Oh my god, I was I was hoping you'd bring that up. Those I those adore that movie probably, so much. I love that movie so much, but not because of the racing. Oh no, yeah, no. Yeah. Even cars. I you like know, the, the races in cars. The, <laughs> the, the the racing is the least enjoyable part for me. Yeah. Usually in those movies. But in this, the race was super exciting. It was well, uh, very well uh, paced out. And it wasn't too much super tricky, slick moves and all that stuff. It was pretty straightforward. But it was exciting and it was thrilling and there was there was tension and maybe the best part is a lot of animation where you didn't have to look at faces. <laughs> <laughs> They're all wearing their helmets. They're uh, all wearing their helmets. You really Seriously, don't the, like those the faces. Rendering, the rendering of the faces still bothers me all the way through season one. I still yeah. don't like the way they render faces. They look incomplete to me. But anyway, I, I love love the race scenes. Especially that first one. Since it's a show that's supposedly about racing, that that makes sense. It should have good racing sequences. Yeah, see, that's kind of where I think they made another misstep. But anyway. Um, <laughs> how so? Don't but anyway that. Well, Tell us how you feel. I just, so it kind of goes back to the whole like, oh, Kaz, your mission is to, you know, we think there's a spy, which there was not another spy. But... In the beginning, you know, it was like, oh, we've got the aces and, you know, these cool pilots. And it kind of sets up like, like, oh, there's going to be a lot of, like, high stakes racing. And then we, I don't know, how many did we actually get through the season? Like three was four? Maybe that was a failure on the marketing part. Like, you know, I don't know. But I'm like, maybe if they had. Well, here's, here's here's what I took away from that is that there's this whole race culture on this platform, right? And that's life. That's their whole life is this yeah. racing thing. And now the first order comes and screws the whole thing up. True, but True. I can I, I would it counter the whole dynamic of that first season. I would counter though that the show is called Star Wars Resistance, not right. Racers or yeah, what have you. Totally. So I totally. can see where Cat's coming from cuz I I feel the same way I in mean, that regard. Like 
I'm not mad about it. No, no, not at all. Because, you know, I just, I feel like maybe if, and again, I don't know if this is like a marketing thing or like maybe they just hadn't hadn't quite ironed out like early on where it was going to go or they were trying to bring in too many things. Um, But anyway, I mean, I don't don't know. I think they had to have a purpose for being there. A purpose for being on the platform and for having That's this true. huge I mean, to community get Kaz, thing. Yeah, yeah, to get Kaz there, give him a plausible, sure. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's a gimmick or whatever, but it's it's something that creates a culture, and it's a culture we don't normally see in Star Wars That's too true. much. Yeah, uh, Very but we have little. heard about it, and so they're like, here, here's a little taste of that culture. This is the reason why we're gonna make this set here on this specific planet on this specific platform. That turns out to be a spaceship that uh, <laughs> that is just it's it's just it's kind of they use the the racing culture as a device to give us a purpose for the resistance and the first order to intersect and and for it to be like okay this is a little strange culture for the first order to be involved with. But why are they taking it over? Why 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 is it so important and all that stuff? And that all comes out. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if we overthink it, a lot of the stuff is is really just marketing gimmicks and maybe <laughs> selling toys and stuff like that. Um, but always, uh, you know, at the same time, there ha- there had to be a point too. And why not just give us something that's a little different than what we saw before? Than like, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, kyber crystal farm or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> kyber crystal farm. I like that. Now I kind of want to see a ky- kyber crystal farm. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a Star Wars story somewhere down the line. Well, I mean, we kind of got it in uh, Jeddah, right? Yeah. They're mining the crystals there and, uh, you know. So this is just like something different. It gives us something a little different. And it, you know, yeah. maybe it was a marketing ploy, but it was a different ploy than something else they, they could have thought of. That's my point. That's true. See, now I'm just imagining like a farmer named Judd on a space farm somewhere. Yeah, yeah, good crop coming in. Yeah, plenty of kyber crystals. <laughs> I'm going to need to uh, hire some extra hands if you want to. Make an extra buck or two, and that's a whole. That's a whole show. If you want to earn some extra credits, there you go. <laughs> I I would watch it. Let's be honest, you'd watch it too. Yeah, I totally would. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of a plot point in Queen's Shadow, but I won't get into that <laughs> right now. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> anyway. What's your moment, Kat? Oh, my moment. Me, little old me. Um, yeah, so I yeah. really, yeah, yeah. I really loved the episode First Order Occupation, and in particular, uh, Kaz and Sonara and all of their interactions. Uh, that whole episode was just hilarious in a good way to me, um, especially because it's clear that Kaz has a crush on Sonara that she does not really hate Kaz what? likes her? What? And, and just <laughs> their whole back and forth. 
I don't know. I just, that episode really tickled my funny bone. There was a lot of humor in that episode. I also like Sonara, um, you know, pirate who starts to have a change of heart. And so I, that whole episode just cracked me up. And I think it's one of my favorites from the whole season, uh, maybe outside of the finale and up there with the core problem. But that was definitely one of my favorites. And that's kind of, I think for me, that really felt like when Resistance was hitting its stride. You know, there was a nice, some nice character moments, nice interactions, some humor. Um, so I just really love that episode. And I like Sonara. And I like Sonara and Kaz. And Sonara being like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's about <laughs> when that you're right. That's about when the series really started to uh, to get some new breath, and like when the first order really comes in and starts to occupy and starts to meddle yes. and yeah. and impose their their laws and their curfews and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that that that's a good choice. That's a good one. So are you? Uh, I, I don't even want. Kaznara? Uh, Kaz, I think Kaznara is Kaznara? The shipping the portmanteau for um, those two. I don't know if I ship it, but I find it hilarious. Just that it's Kaz clearly has a crush on her and that she is like, who? What? <laughs> me? <laughs> no. Like, stop, stop bothering me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you see her recognize that Kaz is a good person, you know, who's trying to help her, that even though he knows that she, you know, turned Tora over to the pirates uh, and let her be kidnapped, that he's willing to look beyond that, and so that ends up helping both of them. I don't know. That, so... Yeah, so I don't know if I ship it, but I do find the two of them together to be kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd like for it to stay an unrequited love. Yeah, I would be surprised if Sonara actually ever felt a romantic inkling about Kaz, but oh. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, poor Kaz. Uh, maybe, maybe at some but, point. But, you know, they're going to be trapped on the Colossus for a while as it's going through hyperspace, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, there's uh, a whole pirate ship on the Colossus. A, yeah, that's going to that's gonna bring some curious That'll come back around. To, yeah. yeah. That's one of those relationships that I'm looking forward to developing more uh, yes, in the second yeah. season. There's a, there was a lot planted in this first season mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. This season, pretty much, it was like, "Hey, I like you." She's like, "Oh, you're annoying," but instead of winning her over romantically, he wins her over morally. I was gonna say with respect, but okay, no, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess that works too. I mean, <laughs> she she respects him at the end. Yes, so yeah. much so that she comes to like, "Yeah, we got we got to do this." Like, this guy's legit. She, I know, yeah, all the pirates come to help him. I mean, they're also kind of, I think in some sense, they're definitely still motivated by their own selfishness and greed because, oh, totally. you know, the First Order is now screwing them over, but um, she but did convince them to come. So The, the finale place, so. frames them as, like, yeah, we're the good guys now. We're celebrating with the main cast, but you know That's- there's... 
there's going to be conflict on the Colossus. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. For sure. So, but yeah, so totally plenty more there to grow, and I, I look forward to seeing what, what comes comes of that. So we're reaching the end of the list. Uh, yeah, before we get to the end, though, we've we've got to name some honorable mentions because there's been some great things in this series that that I I think deserve at least our attention, even though they may not have made the the entire list. Absolutely, totally, completely, yes. <laughs> CB twenty three to start. Yeah, I love CB twenty three. Doesn't love a good bully AKA droid. Not BB eight. Not yeah. BB eight. <laughs> that droid don't play, guys. That droid. He was, will he was mess really you good up. in the final episode. All right, am I the only one that didn't know that CB twenty three was a boy droid? I guess I thought CB twenty three was totally. A I boy I droid. swear I heard Poe say him at one point. And maybe Poe did say that. I don't know. I thought CB was a girl. My bad. Maybe it was the paint job. I shouldn't assign gender <laughs> based on paint colors. Right. Totally thought CB23 was a girl. Uh, Sorry, CB23. Some higher pitched noises, too, than BB8, you know? So maybe that. Anyway. Anyway. I don't care. CB23 is great. It's amazing. And I love the ball droids. I love how CB23. 23 took out the first order ball droid BB9 BB9E or are they all are they all are they all the first order BB droids just like BB9E or whatever No somebody somebody posted I'm going to go find this somebody on Twitter posted a graphic of all the first order rollies I like that they're called Rollies. I think. Oh, that's okay. Cute. Yeah, that's cute. Um, somebody on Twitter posted a graphic of all of the first order ball droids, and they are not all BB nine whatever. Um, they're all they all have different designations, and I guess there are three. I only thought there were two, so whoops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I have to find that scrolling through my likes frantically. Um. But no, it's not. So it's not BB9E. It's a different ball droid. I was wondering because the first order ones are the only ones that all they all look the same. There's no distinguishing. Yeah, they color. have sl- slightly different. Um, some are like darker gray, and some are lighter gray. Not that you can really tell. At least, like I, I wasn't saying it's the same one we see in uh, Last Jedi or anything like that. But okay, like oh here. Here we go. I found it. I found it. So there's BB9E, which is the Roly in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. There's uh, BBK8, which was in the Captain Phasma miniseries. And then the droid on the Colossus is MB13. MB13. That sounds MB13. like a reference to something. It might be that comes from at Smalls D on Twitter, um, but a very handy to have because now you know that CB twenty three killed MB thirteen on the Colossus. Well, thank you very much. Yes, badass fight by the way. Bingo! That was cool. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you win nothing. 
Oh. It's a no prize, yay. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a really cool fight. Ending with yes. the, the whole elevator thing. That was cool. Yeah. CB23, you kick butt, and we love you for it. You know who else kicks butt? Who kicks butt? Hype Phazon. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, what a great character. He's another one of those where you can just tell that uh, the real Phazon is just like having a blast in the recording. Donald booth. Phazon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Donald Phazon is definitely. Super pumped to he be. He is there. hyped for to be sure. There. He is hyped huh? to be hyped. Huh? 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 <laughs> huh? Oh, thank no, you. No, but thank it's you. actually true, though. Yeah, yeah, it is true. But it's not just a pun. No, but I, I love hype. I love that we get a little bit of background on hype. And actually, now, ooh, you guys, hype is really like anti first order, and it's very interesting that he and Tam had been friends. And Tam is very kind of pro first order. Ooh. Hype is not. Um, that just occurred to me, literally. Right wow! Now. Yeah, I hadn't thought um, of that either. But he's so funny because he's clearly egotistical and full of himself. But he's also a good guy, and he clearly has some deep felt um, emotions about the first order. Um, especially given that he's a Rodian and probably feels, you know, some sort of prejudice also because he's not a human. Um, anyway, I hype is a lot of fun. I hope we see more hype. He's, I'm glad he came back in the finale. I would love to see hype show up in live action somewhere. That would be so cool. I'd be, I'd be Can totally you imagine cool Donald Faison wearing, you know, like the Rodian, the Rodian makeup, makeup, and, and, and the, you know, that would be so cool. He's a pilot in the Last Jedi, and <gasps> yes! uh, in episode nine, yeah, I think. Could you imagine that? Would that would be so great. What? Yeah. So this, yeah. Okay, we could talk about that later. But yes, I totally. Agree. We'll, we'll do an episode on theories or something. Yeah, later. We'll closer to it. down the line. But you know, you know, on just badass characters that we like or that make us laugh, this list would not be complete if we didn't mention Orca or Flicks. Oh, yes, totally. I love totally. Orca and Flicks; they're adorable. Like people love Niku for the uh, for the comedy for the comedic relief. Yes, Orca and but Flicks. Flicks and Orca. Oh are so- my god! Uh, nothing but joy anytime they're on screen. Bobby Moynihan and um. Oh my god! How could I forget his name? I love the dude. Oh. Um, um, oh my god! I love the dude. How could I forget? I I am a I am a poser. You fail, fail, massive fail. I'm pulling up IMDb now. Da da da. <laughs> Who can get there first? <laughs> Probably you. Oh my god! I am so mad with myself right now. Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Thank you. Oh my God. Forgive me. Jim Rash. What do you have? Bobby Moynihan and Jim Rash. Oh my God. They were born, born to voice those characters. <laughs> yes. I um, I love Jim Rash's flicks. Flicks is of the two. I, I love flicks. Um, but do, do either of you guys did either of, have either of you ever listened to car talk? What is this you speak of? Yes. It's it's a radio show. Um, 
that used to be on like every Saturday morning and my dad always listened to it. And it's two, two brothers um, who called themselves Click and Clack, the Tappet brothers. And they all the, the whole show is about cars obviously car talk but they have that kind of report you know it's very like that rapid fire back and forth you know they play off of each other anyway flicks and orca to me are the click and clack of the star wars universe all right Um, you know they have this you know they're they supply parts they seem mechanically minded you know they know all about that stuff and then they just have this kind of like rapid fire witty banter and play off each other and it's just hysterical um so whenever they're on screen it always reminds me of that which is then a nice touch of nostalgia because i listened to that show with my dad and so that brings back fond memories so for me for me i just i mean even if i didn't have that i would still like them but for me it just adds another dimension of those two but and for me, Bobby Moynihan is the attraction. That guy <laughs> oh, they both are. They both. Are. I want to need to specify it's both of them. It is both of them. Um, but but to me, as soon as it was announced that Bobby Moynihan was going to voice a character, they had my attention because he is so hilarious on mm. SNL. Um, Drunk Uncle specifically <laughs> is one of my very favorite bits. Um, but just about anything he does character wise, um, you know, is, is just going to be absolutely just, uh, just, it's going to hurt your cheeks. You're going to be laughing so much. Um, he's just so super talented and I love that he's, he's part of the star Wars universe now. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, just showing plenty of love to Orca and Flix just cause again, just nothing but joy anytime they, they appear. I love them. I'd also like I want bigger roles for them in season two. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that would be awesome. But I also want to give a shout out to Aunt Z, who I freaking love. She's (laughs) amazing. Um, I love her. She's sassy. She's sassy. She's perfect. Yes, she's perfect. What a... I forget what the species is called, but she's a much better representation than, than Pluck on... On on Jakku and Force Awakens, on Garpluck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what. This I is. guess I didn't realize that was supposed to be the same species. I didn't. It either. is. It is. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. Is yeah, it not? It looks like it now that you mention it. Sure. Oh, I total. Huh. I thought it was meant to be. Now. Now I oh, got it probably me. is. Oh, you didn't got get me. It. You got me doubting myself. <laughs> they look enough alike. They do look an awful lot alike. Uh, other characters. Uh, Opie Pit was oh, poor Opie Pit. All he just wanted to do was clean the floor, but that he wants to buff the floors. I know that's it. He's that like, whole. He's like the cabbage guy in the Avatar: The Last Airbender series. <laughs> Any of you guys ever see that? Too? I have what? to take your word for that. Sorry, yeah. I haven't seen it. Sorry. Oh my god! So shout out to the get to the cabbage guy for you, last Airbender fans out there listening, because that is totally who Opie Pit is in this series. Fun. It's just it's funny. Yeah, I that whole like little subplot when the first order came onto the platform and. 
They just took they took his machine. Jerks. That's why you shouldn't like the first order. Yeah, Tam. Yeah. Jeez, Tam. God. Come on. Um, I gotta mention Sharks eating oh, yeah. stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. How epic was that? I never that's something I never knew I needed to see. It's like that one that, oh, that shot of the shark just swimming by all casually with a stormtrooper helmet in its mouth. That that oh. was an image that that would make a cool tattoo. Yeah. That would make a cool Star tattoo. Star Wars shark with a stormtrooper helmet in its mouth. Awesome. Now, now I li- are you listening to Lucasfilm cuz I want this. Give me a one-off comic, a one-off animation something. What is going through the heads of these stormtroopers? As they Ugh. suddenly find themselves in shark-infested waters, hmm. I don't know if I want to see that. And are <laughs> and are these sharks resistance fighters? Because they were nowhere to be seen in the previous episodes when they were driving around. They just showed up specifically for the stormtroopers. <laughs> I need an answer to that. Something yeah. about stormtroopers lures in sharks. Yeah, I do have to say that the uh, the undersea troopers, like the ones that were actually outfitted oh, that to was be cool. under the water, they look pretty awesome. And that was very shades of uh, the oh, the Mon Calamari arc on Clone Wars. Mm, yeah, good connection. Mm. But yeah. like, but like even better, I thought. Um, just the animation of with the the armor and then like the face masks, they looked really awesome. Good job, animation. They're starting to run out of, run out of uh, possible troopers. I know, yeah. <laughs> to, to create and sell toys for. Um, so I just got to list off these next ones so we can get your top pick for uh, overall. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Video game and arcades games being a thing in Star Wars. I like mm-hmm. that. We That's saw awesome. That. that was cool. Yeah. Totally. They didn't care much for the episode itself, but I like the Cthulhu monster design that shows up. The the Bibu or whatever. Bibo Bibu. Yeah. I oh, uh yeah. Uh, it, the one that they the hatchling uh, was uh, uh, uh Niku was going to uh, keep it as his pet. Yeah. And uh and then the mom was attracted to its call or whatever and, and came to attack the base to get its baby back. Yeah, I who doesn't like a good Star Wars tentacle monster? I'm I'm a big fan of that. You always gotta have it. You always gotta have it. Wouldn't yeah. be Star Wars without a giant tentacle right. monster. Totally. Embrace the tentacle monster. Um, we all also love the turtle folk living underneath in the bowels. Oh, yeah. Yes. The shell folk has the shell them. people. Turtle folk, shell folk. I think they're actually called I can't pronounce it. I think it's called the Chill Day. Chill Day. Day. Chill Day. I think it's Chill Day. Um, Great source of subtle comedic relief. An apple a day keeps the chill a day. <laughs> uh, go away. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and just want to throw some love out to Captain Phasma for making her Phasma! debut Phasma! in animation. Got almost more of her in resistance. Than Why in, won't they in, give you something yeah. cool to do? I know. Phasma not getting her butt kicked. Uh, yeah. Gwendolyn Christie actually show up she's on screen. amazing, but you won't give her anything cool to do. <sighs> I know. Right. 
Please. But anyway. We want to see her do something cool. Not just be sassy. We want to see her be sassy and kick butt. Yes. So, so uh, before we get to number 10, I did I did a little snoop, uh, snooping, uh, I guess, sneaking around the internet. And I found that Unkar Plutt is a Crowloot. That's his species. Crowloot. Okay. And um, they are exclusively male. Ooh, interesting. But on the, on the same planet, there is another species called the Gillian, and they are exclusively female. So not the same species, but from the same home world Mm. where ones are males, the crow lutes, um, and the, uh, the females are the Gillians. Oh. So it's a place where male and females are literally different species. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So not, yeah, not, not the same as Unkar Plutt, but, uh. Similar. Uh, same homeworld. Interesting. Yeah. Ah. Huh. Well, thank you for the. Anyway, there you have it. That was. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. I learned something new today about Star yes, Wars. Yes, me too. I me had too. honestly, I had apparently no it's idea. from a book. A oh. book cat did not read. Yes. I know. What? Did I? I know. <laughs> what? Yeah, I must have missed uh, that let me somewhere. See if I can figure out what book it is. I'm still on the page. Uh... So while John looks for the page, uh, how's about we unveil our number one top pick overall, best moment in Star Wars Resistance Season 1? Huh? Can I get a drum roll? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Basically, the ending of the whole season, the fight against the First yeah. Order, flushing out the Stormtroopers, the dogfight, the... Somewhat traumatic end getting of smoked. the Red Baron. Yeah. yeah. Plenty, plenty of stuff to uh, drool over in that final conflict before before everybody's holding hands, watching the lights beat outside the, <laughs> outside the window. Flashing through hyperspace. Flashing through hyperspace. Yeah, I mean, the final, the final battle, like, they... Yeah, weren't messing. Nobody was messing around. I mean, you finally had stormtroopers that were trying to uh, shoot to kill. I was <laughs> felt bad for Tora. You know, she's trying to like lead the. She's like what, like fifteen or something, sixteen. Uh, you know, running away from stormtroopers and they're blasting at her. So I didn't really feel too badly for those guys. There was a moment where, yeah, they were using the stun option, but then Jaeger just straight up shoots one in the chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, hello. Not playing around anymore. Uh, Jaeger flying, too, again. We, we saw him flying that one episode with his brother. Yes, But then actually yeah. being part of a dogfight. All right, I, 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 like, I like that. I want to see more of that. That was cool. That was really cool. And Kaz uh, outthinking the Red Baron. Or Von, Von Rig, the Red Baron Von too. Rig, if we're gonna use his real name, but it doesn't really matter because we didn't get much of him anyway. But Von Rig, yeah, the cool red uh, tie interceptor, which was such a cool looking ship. Very. But uh, yeah, that that, that sequence, uh, 
pretty much embodies everything I think Resistance is trying to uh, do. It's fun. It's about flying. It's about fighting tyranny. It's got it's got layers. Just everything in the whole season, the whole show, just in one one capsule, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's the the grand finale to the whole season too that we've been waiting for this moment. And uh, boy, did it deliver! No doubt. Yeah, the last two episodes have really been a great way to wrap things up, but also leave open a bunch of possibilities for next season and what might come next. So it's a lot to look forward to. I'm excited to see more. I can't wait to go to the Resistance panel at Star Wars Celebration. Oh, man, you're going to have so much fun. I hate you, but I I don't hate you. If I get in, oh, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. By the way, the book that was published with that information about Unkar Plutt's uh, uh, race and all that stuff, Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Aliens, Volume 1, mm. which came out in 2016. Okay, I have not read that. Get so. with it, Kat. Sorry. Gosh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll try better next time. <laughs> you did fine. Um, so that about desert. Um, we're glad to be back. Uh, Woohoo! Yeah, we are. New new music, uh, courtesy of our good buddy Brooke, who we hope to have on the show uh, very soon as a guest. Thank you, Brooke. It's yeah, awesome. Thanks, Brooke. You freaking nailed it. Um, new art by my good friend Mitsu. Just Mitsu nailed it too. Who's amazing? Just everything feels fresh right now. I mean, it's still the same show, but it's. It's it's better. I feel it's spit better. Spit polish and little, a coat little, of paint. Spit shine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and again, the whole the whole point of this is just us trying to uh be a positive a a positive voice in the Star Wars community. We want to have fun with it, which is ultimately what everybody wants to do with Star Wars or should want to do with Star Wars. So we we yeah, that's why right. why mire ourselves in the negativity and 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 bickering and and overanalyzing things. Let's just enjoy things and and have fun with it because that's that's what the main intent is. Totes. So once again, we're glad to be back, and we're looking forward to doing more of these type of episodes. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast, and our website forcefanpodcast.com. dot com. Um. If you liked what we're doing, feel free to follow us. Uh, feel free to donate a bit <laughs> if, you, if you want. Buy us a cup of blue milk. Links are on the website. Just uh, you know, keep the show going. I mean, I don't even drink green milk if you know <laughs> if you want. Doesn't have to be blue. Green milk, blue milk. Give us some Star Wars milk if you want. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. It's like a cup of coffee. Um. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BlueLabPro or my website, BlueLabPro.com, where I got some other things cooking. If you want to check those out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CatRay. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatJohnFred or on my Facebook page, John K. Frederick, or here at the radio station's webpage, 96kzel.com. 
So until next time, that's it from us. May the force be with you. And then some. Talk to you soon, guys.